Welcome to the Hey Legal Quiz with me, Edith Forrest. The aim of this quiz is to provide some light-hearted entertainment during lockdown and beyond. I'll be asking 20 questions of leading Scottish legal figures, questions which give insight to their careers and their lives beyond the law. So let's begin. Okay, so I am joined today um, by Lord Matthews, who's kindly agreed to take our Hey Legal quiz. So thank you very much, Lord Matthews, for agreeing. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so we will just get started and uh, with the first question, which is, if you weren't a lawyer, what would you be? Well, A, I'd be retired probably. Uh, before that, I might have been unemployed or... Uh, my father at uh, one stage in his life said he wanted me to be a tax inspector, which I really wouldn't have wanted to do, but I quite fancy being uh, an ambassador somewhere like Dublin or Rome, but uh, who knows, that would have been the sort of thing, or perhaps an actor. My, the stage runs in my family, my, gra- my grandfather was a magician and uh, was a pal of Harry Houdini's. Really? He used to manage uh, Metropole Theatre and I have got... Uh, couple of brothers who are on the stage, a sister-in-law as well. So that might have been that my dad played the piano in a jazz band. He was a teacher, but he also played three or four nights a week in a jazz band. Wow. So who knows? Something to do with the theatre, perhaps. How interesting. Were you involved in any, did you do any kind of amateur dramatics? or any Yeah, dramatics? I did some amateur. I'm not sure I met my wife. Really? Uh, it was a guy that sells furniture. Furniture, rather. He's got a nice shop in Kilmarnock. He uh, had a party at his house, and Lindsay was there, and uh-huh. we ended up uh, going out and then getting married. So, Fantastic. long time ago now, though. Wow. A long time since I was on the stage. I, I wasn't able to do it unless I had a good bucket inside me because I had terrible stage fright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay, question number two. Did you have a nickname at school? And if so, what was it, and why were you called it? I had two nicknames. Uh, the answer as to why may be obvious. I used to wear glasses at school uh, and I was known as Hashimoto at one point. It was a wee mouse, uh, a cartoon mouse. It was, I think it was Japanese, but it was basically blind. And uh, the other one was Joe 90 because <laughs> of the glasses. Anybody knows Joe Nigel will appreciate what I'm talking about. But I've been wearing contact lenses since 1975, <laughs> uh, basically to stop nicknames. <laughs> oh dear. So sticking with school, um, were you a swatty type at school? No, I wouldn't say so. I used to uh, work hard at school. Uh, so I didn't have much homework. Cause, uh, I wanted to get all the work done while I was still there. My father was one of my teachers. Oh, really? God rest him. He was the modern languages teacher. Yeah, so everybody thought that uh, I get tuition at home, which nothing could be further from the truth. Because the last thing he wanted to do was, was carry on working when he got home at four o'clock. Well, these idiots that thought I was getting something special were, were just barking up the wrong tree. And you know, it's like me and a lawyer and somebody uh, and a pub asks you what you've been doing today. And you can't, I can't be bothered talking about that. And yeah. he was the same. But I, I just, I worked quite hard this girl, that's pretty good. But I, I wouldn't say I was sweaty, I enjoyed playing games and laughing about like everybody else did. Yeah, so just... The glasses made me look sweaty. <laughs> Keen to get the work done so you could go and enjoy yourself outside school. Yes, yeah. I was. It's a good approach. But I mean, 
had piano lessons and stuff like that to go to after school as well. So that made me look a bit spotty, carrying my music books about. I was yeah. never any good at it though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, question number four is what was your first job? Yeah, well, I don't think a paper round would count. Everybody had a paper round. Uh, so the first job I think I actually did was working as a petrol pump attendant okay. in Hurlford, not far from uh, where I used to drive up there actually. I had a wee car when I was at school uh, and I drove up and parked that at the garage and pumped petrol. That was a straightforward job. And I also worked for a time uh, driving a baker's van. Right. Uh, with a guy, there's, a, there's a Dr. Tullett who gives evidence now and again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he actually gives evidence. He certainly calls an expert. Uh, whether he turns up in court, I'm not sure. I've never seen him in court. Anyway, Willie uh, was also driving a, a baker's van at the same time for Mathers. The bakers, we used to have to go to bed, you know, about half past five to get there because the work started at six during the week and you'd finish at two. So being a student, you probably wouldn't be getting out of bed all but two anyway <laughs> during the student holidays. And uh, on a Saturday, it finished at half past twelve and a Wednesday as well. So you had a whole day uh, basically to play about. But that was good fun. And I also worked uh, as a, in the bookies. Marking the board uh, oh. for Ladbrokes, the bookies, oh. in Rossi for a couple of weeks during the Glasgow Fair doing that. It was good fun. I remember holding a tape for a surveyor as well at one point <laughs> when he was <laughs> surveying what became Urban Newtown. Is that right? <laughs> so, a few things I did. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, question number five is how do you define success? I think the success, as far as I'm concerned, really, is that magic to get out of bed first thing in the morning. Because <laughs> I'm useless at getting up. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that I'm, I'm not the most uh, punctual of individuals. It's not a good thing, but uh, it's getting out of bed. Once I'm up, I'm fine. If I can do that, the rest of the day is easy. Yeah. But that's how I define success. Getting through the night, waking up again. I do that, <laughs> it's a doddle. So are you one of these people that kind of faffs about late at night and then you can stay up all night but you still I up do, in the morning? I fall asleep on the couch. Yeah, I go. To, I watch late night telly. Uh, I find it hard to get off the couch to go to bed. Uh-huh. I'm almost usually too tired to get up off the couch. <laughs> and uh, particularly just now, we've been watching all sorts of old reruns of yeah. things like Morse and Poirot and stuff like that. And Lewis, you just fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, so it's and then when I go to bed lately, I've been uh, addicted to shopping on eBay and Amazon, buying all sorts of rubbish. <laughs> and of course, you're lying in bed with the phone. I've got actually sore wrist, I think, from pressing my phone in the middle of the night, and I get to sleep about three o'clock. Yeah, it's shocking. So uh, yeah. getting out of bed the next day is, is I think, a bonus. Oh, do you? And then all these parcels arrived that you forgot you've ordered and you went All to sorts of parcels. Them. We've had a cardboard mountain at the porch. <laughs> and of course, it's only recently that they've started taking the the recycling stuff away. Yeah. So the, the last few weeks, uh, it's been outrageous, the amount of cardboard <laughs> we've had to dispose of. I was going to light a fire in the back garden, but I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> Oh dear, all right, moving on. Question number six. Well, I, saw, I don't know if you saw the cartoon of a chap who's standing there 
he's dressed as a bishop with the mitre and the, the whole chasuble and all the rest of it. And he's got the, his uh, crozier and he's holding a, a, a small dragon by the lead. Right. And the point of this was that this is uh, the random stuff you buy on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's like a bit like that. So. <laughs> anyway. Oh dear. Where are we now? Uh, we're at question number six, which is quite a straight, <clears throat> straightforward one. Your favourite drink? I, well, thank you. It's not straightforward. Is it not? Uh, I, no, I, it depends on the circumstance. See, a hot summer day, I'm very fond of a, just a pint of tenants. On the other hand, I do like a cheeky vimto. You know, uh, it's uh, blue wicked and port. It's very okay. pleasant. I love pina coladas. I had a couple of them last night. <laughs> I usually have them at Christmas or Easter. They're uh -huh. very nice. And, well, I used to drink a lot of gin and tonic, but lately, if I'm having spirits, I'm quite fond of uh, vodka and Red Bull and also uh, Jager bombs. So it depends. Mm -hmm. I quite like wine. I like rosy mm -hmm. wine, I think, rather than red or white, uh, particularly if it's been chilled nicely. Okay. So I've got quite an eclectic taste. I drink most things. Absolutely. Um, if I, if to plump for one that I had to drink for the rest of my life, uh, it would possibly be the pina colada because it reminds me of Christmas. Really? And do you make that yourself? You guess, have you got a I make it myself. You get uh, you, uh, the stuff called Coco Lopez, which right. is uh, coconut cream. That's the best of the coconut creams. Uh -huh. uh, I buy it in bulk. <laughs> you, you mix, you put a, a, a tin of that into a blender, and then you put a, the same tin, just use it as a measure, fill that up with fresh pineapple juice, that goes in, and then about three quarters to seven eighths of uh, the tin is filled with Bacardi. Bung that in the blender, put a few ice cubes in, uh -huh. and then uh, whiz it up. And after a couple of minutes, see a lovely froth on it, it was just terrific. And that's wow. enough for, depending on you can maybe give four or five, six, seven small wine glasses out of that. But if you're using a proper pina colada glass, you're only getting about four of them. Yeah. But it's lovely. Very pleasant. Sounds, sounds very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question number seven is, what don't you like about your job? Uh, Travelling to Edinburgh. <laughs> Simple as that. I love the job, uh, but actually going to with. They already thought, and I lived there for 10 years, which was fine. Mm -hmm. uh, then became a sheriff in Glasgow, moved back through to the West. Uh, if I'd known there was going to be a court of session judge, I wouldn't have bothered doing that. I just stayed there. <laughs> but I was about 10 years down the line anyway. So yeah. it's going, I'm hardly ever in Edinburgh as it happened. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but the travelling on that MA? The MA, I, I usually take the train rather than drive. I can't be bothered driving all the way. Uh, prefer the train, yeah. and I've got a bus pass now, so I can get half the way uh, <laughs> and get the cheaper fares. Yeah, I'm old, <laughs> but that involves getting out of bed. Yeah, which even is, you know, as I said before, that'll be a success. But do it's quite an early start. Yeah, but you just got to go on with it. I know, oh, well. and that is the worst part of it. I, I can appreciate that. I don't, I, I don't ever drive to Edinburgh ever. The Emmy is just a road that is just so infuriating. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to do it when I was at the bar, occasionally drove to Edinburgh for one thing or another. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was in Crown Office, I, I, it was then that I decided this was silly and I bought a flat. 
right. in the canning gate. I wish I'd kept that flat. What's a packet now? <laughs> yeah, I moved to Trinity after that and then uh, came through to Kilmarnock. Right. That's where my wife's from as well. Okay. If I'm not from here, I'm from Port Glasgow. But we lived here and we were brought up here. Right. Okay. So, Okie doke. Um, <laughs> question number eight. Um, the question was, which has been your most memorable case to date? So I suppose that covers both um, at the bar, as a sheriff, as a judge. Do you have one that's most memorable? Yeah, there's one that I always remember. And uh, I was the Crown Junior, <laughs> that happens. Right. And I can't remember the name of the accused. I remember the name of the deceased. Her name was Jeanette McCardle or Trainer. And I was the Crown Junior, as I say, Andrew Hardy prosecuted it. Then it was the old uh, Jock Cameron, Lord Cameron, mm-hmm. the first who was on the bench. Uh, Ronnie Sutherland uh, was defending. And this chap had, he was charged with murdering his wife, they said, uh, Jeanette Trainer. And what happened was that he had, I think it was a niece or something. Are you okay there? Yeah, uh, I think it just stopped. Anyway, this guy, this girl moved into his house with her fiancé, and the fiancé started cleaning out an old cupboard, and there's no bit of carpet in it, and they unrolled the carpet, and there was the mummified body of the deceased. Oh my goodness. And this was 15 years after she'd disappeared. Goodness. And it turned out that... uh, he had told uh, the girls that, that and she came to take her clothes away, not knowing uh, that, in fact, the deceased was behind the wardrobe, dead. So she took all her clothes away. And this chap moved house. And when he moved house, he actually rolled her up on a carpet and took her all the way to the new house. He could easily have disposed of her body anywhere, just taken uh-huh. her to the sea or whatever. But no, he took her with her, which was very odd. And the post-mortem indicated uh, a fractured skull. The story uh-huh. was that uh, he had pushed her or something uh, and she cracked her skull on the hearth. And uh, the uh, pathologist said that that was possible. They didn't think it was very likely, but it was possible. And when her body was examined, there were tiny wee fetal bones inside. So mm-hmm. the suggestion was that, that maybe he'd found out she was pregnant or something and mm-hmm. had assaulted her. In any event, uh, that was 15 years ago. He was only in his mid-30s. His hair was white. And no doubt with all the stress of this over the yeah. years, I think he probably wanted to get caught because he, he carried the body around. And he ended up getting convicted of culpable homicide mm-hmm. and got 15 months. Mm-hmm. The other thing about it was that, that her skull was uh, a production. And at one point uh, before the jury came in, this skull was sitting on the table with other productions. And Andrew Hardy said, get that out of here, because we can't have that sitting, staring at the jury. It was in Perthline Court, and this, this thing would have been right opposite the jury, staring at them. So we get rid of that oh and moved goodness. on. It was a terrific man. I always remember that wee case for some reason. I mean, I've done a whole lot of other things uh, that were reasonably good, but that, that is the one that sticks in my mind. No wonder. Uh, an actual skull sitting, staring at you in the courtroom. Yeah. And the other one, I, mean, I remember when Ronald McLean... Uh, Sturman and others, uh, which involved a um, LSD factory in mm-hmm. West Linton, that did that in just just after Christmas, uh, in January 1980, right. so just a, six months or so after a call, and that was the leading case. It still is the leading case on yeah. uh, pre-trial publicity. Yeah, when people try to get trials a plea in bar because of the pre-trial publicity, everybody refers to Sturman, and that was that case. 
Wow. I'm, I'm sure, as you say, there are many more, but um, yeah, I can see why the, the, the skull one's particularly uh, forefront in your mind. Yeah, yeah, it made a big impression on me, that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, question number nine is, tell me one thing that would surprise me about you. Uh, for the last 10 years or so, I've had a personal trainer. Uh, right. What about that? <laughs> yes, uh, I go at the gym <laughs> about four times a week if I can. Uh, okay. Usually, sometimes at six in the morning, sometimes seven, or if it's if I'm going to work a bit earlier, then it'll be about five or six at night. So, how are you coping not going there with the lockdown? I do that. Oh, man, I've got a workout that the guy gave me. Oh, I've got a thing to do at my house, but I, I can't do it quite as well when I'm not being pushed. I need the push. Yeah. And uh, you- we've moved to a different. So I'm not, I've not been in the gym yet. Well, I've been in it. Not been in it since the lockdown. Yeah. I'd like to see that opening up again soon. Yeah, that, I, I do miss it. And then, of course, you don't have all the equipment that you might need, and and I've got some uh, things. I had a barbell kicking about somewhere. I've got a kettlebell. I've got doing these ten, high tension things. Yeah. Uh, but they're not the same as, as the proper steel equipment. No. But still, you still do. You press ups and stuff like that, and set ups. You don't need any equipment for that. But I say I can't do it. Once once it starts hurting, I stop. But I don't do that at the gym when standing over me. <laughs> I hate running. I've done a lot of swimming uh-huh. uh, before, but I haven't been in the swimming pool since all of this. Mm. So that's a bit of a noise. Yeah. But, you know, I know. You just have to keep doing what you can. Yeah. yeah. Walking the dogs is quite good just now. Right. You've got dogs, haven't you? Yeah, two dogs. Two. Yeah, we've got a, a golden doodle and a, a wee rescue dog from Hungary. Oh. My wife calls him a moof. He's, a, <laughs> he's just a, he's a, I think he's a cross between a Labrador and a Collie or something. I'm not right. entirely sure. But he's a very nice wee dog, very yeah. affectionate. His name's yeah. Rudolph, we got him just before Christmas. Oh, you'll keep <laughs> you active. He does, yeah. But he's very, he's very much my wife's dog rather than mine. Okay. Because uh, he always goes and lies with her on the couch. Well, you know, I'm the second best. If I'm on the couch, she'll come and see me, but not if she's there. Oh. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, uh, where are we? Let me think. Yeah, question number 10. Uh, yeah. What traits others irritate you most? Uh, not getting to the point. <laughs> I'm fed up. Uh, even when I'm talking to people in anywhere in my private life, if they want to tell me something, I just want to know, yeah, what's what's this about? Uh-huh. Can't be bothered with beating about the bush, <laughs> and I hate that in court as well. <laughs> you know, I know there, there's a jury there that maybe there's some uh, tactic to try and spin it all out or to uh, keep this the suspension going and all that suspense rather going. Uh, but, you know, really, <laughs> what's this about? And that, that's the thing that annoys me most. I just want to get the, get the, what's this about, move on to the next one. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I get that. Um, okay, uh, question number 11, your favourite flavour of crisps? Yeah, I'll be cheese and onion, got to be. Yeah. It might be... Uh, it might be, uh, it doesn't have to be walkers or anything like that. I like these kettle chip ones as well. Okay. Cheddar and red onion type thing. Uh-huh. Generally speaking, any flavour of cheese and onion will do me nicely. Okay, dokie. <laughs> Question 12 is, uh, 
what book would you recommend everyone should read? I know I'm supposed to say something like the catcher in their eye or, I mean, <laughs> when it comes to this, <laughs> but I started reading that at school and it was the most boring thing. <laughs> so I would recommend A Christmas Carol to everybody. That's my favourite book. I read it every year. Uh-huh. And I watch umpteen versions of that on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lovely wee tale of redemption and you get something in it for everybody and that's the book I would take on the desert island with me. Really? I'm, I'm assuming the Bible and Shakespeare. Yeah. What, which version? Or Don Quixote. Oh, Sorry, which version of Christmas Carol? Yeah, which film version is your favourite? Oh, the film. The best film version is Alistair Sims. Okay. And I think it was about 1953 or 54 or something. Uh, it's called Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, and it's very true to the book. Although it adds a wee bit in, but it's a fantastic movie. Okay. Well, that's your favourite Patrick Stewart did a good, good version and George C. Scott as well. They were reasonably good. Kelsey Grammer did a musical version. It's okay. Albert Finney's version. I know it's a keynote and it's, it's musical. Uh-huh. I don't think much of it. Well, one or two decent songs in it. Yeah. And Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol is very good. The wee uh, cartoon version. Just terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need to look out for that one. There's loads of them. <laughs> Question number 13. Um, do you have any irrational fears? Yes. Uh, probably everything is the same. I, I've got fears of falling, for example, fears of heights. I don't like that. I used to have bad dreams. I've, I haven't had them so much about my hair falling out and my teeth falling out. Oh dear. Uh, like Domin. So wake up. Uh, because my teeth have all come out like dominoes but I really can't stand I don't mind snakes spiders no problem with them at all if I see a worm in the garden I just can't stand the things and the other daft fear is it just hits me now and again is when I'm in bed uh, putting my foot on the floor in case a hand comes out from under the bed and grabs <laughs> just daft <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable doing that and it's almost like when there's no space really under the bed. But that's something, and I sometimes just jump into bed till the hand can't get me in the way. <laughs> yeah, that is irrational, isn't it? It is. But <laughs> anyway, you did ask. I did ask. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, the next question is question 14. What, how old are your oldest pair of shoes? I'm not sure, they must be, oh, maybe 20 odd years anyway. I think the oldest pair of shoes I've got is an old pair of cowboy boots. Right. I bought them for going to a barn dance or something <laughs> and was to dress up as cowboys. I thought I might have an old pair of football boots mm-hmm. from school, but I can't find any of those. Right. Uh, or at least from university but I can't find any football boots and the golf shoes I've got are all reasonably new and I got from a kilt would be about 28 years old something like that uh, but I'm pretty sure it's a cowboy but I say aye 28 more cowboy boots must be old than that they must be about the 80s sometime that was just for one night breaking up yeah 
Yeah. And a really quite nice cowboy boots. I like that kind of thing, but uh, <laughs> my line dancing days are long gone. So I never, they never get worn. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, question 15 is, who has had the biggest influence on your career in the law? Well, that would be my father. Uh, I mean, he was the one that, uh, got me. He, he actually, when I finished university, he, uh, I was working in, in the bookies and he pointed out an advert in the paper for uh, an apprenticeship, which was in a North East, a North uh, Ayrshire firm. And I went and applied for that and I got that job in Saltcoats. And then he uh, managed to set up Ted Bowen, my devil master, because he was a big pal of uh, Osvaldo Frankie who uh, was the senior partner in Frankie & Co, now became Frankie Finneson. Mm-hmm. And, and Osvaldo knew Gordon Coots, QC, uh, and Gordon suggested Ted Bowen. Right. And sure enough, right. I wrote Ted, and Ted uh, became my devil master. So then Ted became a big, big influence on me. It's really my father that got me started in this. Yeah. Uh, that's I was quite happy just marking the board in the bookies again, doing nothing. <laughs> but he made me go and get a proper work uh, outlet. So uh, and I joined uh, so Ted, and Ted was, was very good to me. Uh, after that, I uh, kept, kept going. Uh, I always uh, looked up to Ted, still do. But I haven't seen him for some time, unfortunately. They, they were the biggest influences. Yeah. I mean, some of them, there were also influences... Uh, the other way, I mean, Raymond Fraser, for example, he was a great chap, but that, that wouldn't teach you bad habits. <laughs> I'm sure I wouldn't recommend the habits that Raymond got up to. But he, that was, he, was, he, was a good, he was good fun, and he taught me to have fun as well, yeah. as did as most of my pals at the bar. They're all good fun. Yeah. There you go. My That's, father and Ted Bowen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, your favourite chocolate bar? I'm not sure if it's going to be Cadbury's Dairy Milk or Galaxy. It's a toss-up between the two. Uh, and Norm, I do quite like Galaxy. I remember having Galaxy not long after it uh, first came in the market. I wasn't well. I was at school and I was lying in bed. I think I had bronchitis or something like that and somebody brought me a bar of Galaxy. I thought it was magnificent. Uh-huh. But I normally, uh, if I'm getting a train, for example, and I want a bar of chocolate, it will just be a bar of Cadbury's Dairy Milk. Yeah. And beat it. I think that's right. You can't I do like lint as well. Lint's a nice chocolate. And lint Easter egg is terrific. Lindor <laughs> sweeties. Yeah. I don't eat an awful lot of chocolate, except at Easter time when the house is full of chocolate eggs. Mm-hmm. And we munch them all in the place about three weeks. And then there's nothing doing until Christmas time. <laughs> I quite like fruit and nut as well. Or all nut. The problem with fruit and nut is that it leaves uh, all sort of stuff in your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, moving on to question 17. What is the fanciest event you've ever been to? Well, there's a couple that uh, come to mind. One is I was at a conference for the International Society for for the reform of criminal law in Trondheim a few years ago, and I can't remember exactly how long, and uh, sometime in 2010, something like that. Anyway, uh, there was a dinner attended by the Crown Prince of Norway, and uh, we all had to be in before he came in, and nobody could leave till he left, and the dinner itself was execrable. 
and we had about one glass of wine each, and the stuff and the, the food in Norway is just. I don't recommend it. I mean, I can't remember what I had that night, but I remember when we got there at first, it's that opening banquet with something like uh, cold herring and boiled potatoes and scrambled eggs. It was just disgusting, that kind of thing. Uh, so that was pretty fancy. I mean, I've been in the garden party once, I'm not sure I'll go back to that, uh, and went years ago down to Westminster Hall to see the Pope uh, and giving a talk to uh, the great and the good, that was Pope Benedict. And that was pretty fancy as well. Yeah. Uh, but those are the three main ones, I think. There's been plenty of bar dinners and things like that, but they didn't have quite the same cachet as the Crown Prince. So Absolutely. That sounds incredible. Question 18 is... Oh, also, that thing. Also, saw William Shatner a few couple of months ago in Glasgow. That's pretty fancy as well. He was very good. And I got my picture <laughs> taken with him, which is nice. <laughs> Where was that? Uh, it, it was at the... Uh, Concert hall in Glasgow. William okay. Shatner was doing a two speaking uh, engagement. He's he's, uh, he's very funny. And right. uh, Wednesday and I went and got pictures taken, <laughs> and that was cool. <laughs> I was going to dress up, but I've been working all day in Edinburgh, so I couldn't couldn't wear my uniforms or anything no. like that. Which is a shame. But he probably I thought I was a prat anyway if I'd done that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Question 18. What quirks do you have? Um, well, one of the things I do, uh, I've noticed it myself, is I swear a lot. Okay. If I'm standing talking to someone, uh, I tend to swear from side to side. <laughs> I don't know why, or battles and forwards, but side to side, if I'm standing for any length of time. Uh, that is the weirdest thing. And I was told when I was at the bar it? that. Uh, really? Do you notice yourself doing it at the time? I, I do, but not well. I'm, I, it's only. I, I become conscious of it. Why am I doing this? Yeah. I try and stop. <laughs> uh, but other people notice it. And when I was an advocate, uh, I used to say, apparently, after every question, thank you. <laughs> no matter what the answer was, just say thank you. <laughs> What's your name? So and so, thank you. How old are you? Thank you. Stop saying that. So eventually, I got the message. I think stop saying that. But uh, swaying is a funny thing. I do. I don't know why I do that. My wee sister Louise, she used to do that. She was a baby. But she used uh-huh. to rock backwards and forwards in her chair. That's all she did. Just rock. Even when she grew up, she still rocked. Uh-huh. Well, she was a teenager, I think. I mean, I don't know what it is. Something in the genes. Maybe. Need <laughs> 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 to look out for that. Um, yeah. Question 19, what, what, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? This is easy. Um, I don't know if you remember James Law QC, Uncle Paddington, uh, okay. Uncle Padders, as Michael Gerber used to call him. Okay. Uh, he used to be the, uh, he used to run the Addos, the Advocates, Widows and Orphans Fund, I think, his own seat. Farmer. He's a nice guy, James, uh, sadly gone. Uh, and the advice he gave was that if you order, uh, let's say, a gin and tonic on a plane or a train, you get the wee miniature of gin and you pour it into your glass and then you lay it on its side for a few minutes. And if you once you pick it up again and shake it, you'll get a few more drops and lay it <laughs> on its side. So it's time to get the miniature of gin. That is the best advice. And I do it every time I'm on a train or a plane, I get a gin. I take this advice, laying aside, squish, there's more drops coming out. 
Very good. <laughs> Every drop out. <laughs> Every sprinkle drop. The other advice is Ted Bowen taught me how to walk up and down Parliament Hall at a stately pace. Right. And he also told me that if you don't learn to tie your own bow tie, you'll never be a gentleman. So mm-hmm. I learned to tie my own bow tie. In fact, Neil Murray taught me how to tie the bow tie. I wasn't able to do it before. And Neil taught me how to do this. I always, really? If I'm wearing a bow tie, I always wear uh, one that I have to tie myself. Mm-hmm. It looks cheap and nasty if you wear a clip-on thing. Yeah. Well, that's the sort of advice <laughs> I remember. So, I know I'm supposed to say things, and there are all sorts of advice, like uh, when you get your money, uh, put some of it into a separate account uh, so you can pay your tax, and that's all good advice. Yeah. That's completely ignored. <laughs> I don't know if anybody does that. Good luck to them if they do. But, nah, Absolutely. You should be doing that. Yes. But no, you just end up panicking when the bill comes in. Every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And what, what was, going back to your walking up and down Parliament Hall, because I've never, I remember that when I was dibbling, thinking, what, that looks utterly ridiculous. And then the next thing I knew, I was off. Actually, um, so yeah, what, I what mean, the, the plan is, of course, you just, but the tip, well, oh, just the pace, you show me, because some people walk too quickly, some people, so, and you just show me the right pace. Yeah. Nice measured gait okay. going up and down, and it's very looks very distinguished. You can be talking about anything. Absolutely, it looks as if you're talking about something like some trust that you're about to bust or something. Yeah, some liquidation problem that you've got. Uh-huh. You know, you're talking about the football or something. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one one of my devil masters was Chris Shed, and um, I remember we took off up and down the hall, and mm. as you know, Chris was, was very or is it very animated at times and. I'm sure everything he was saying was been punctuated with swear words. So I was so worried that people passing us yeah. would hear all of this. Um, I did. I, I've always thought it's a it's a very bizarre thing to do, but it works, doesn't it? Because you can be talking it about does work. and people just you don't know what it is. You know what you're saying. You, they'll get snippets of it. If they hear a swear word, you can pretend you're quoting someone. <laughs> so, and uh, it's, it's part of a key. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Okay. Um, question twenty. What job would you be terrible at? Teaching. I'd be rubbish at teaching. Really? Uh, my parents were both teachers. Uh, my sister Maureen has just retired from teaching. Occasionally, I've had to. They got the church doing the children's liturgy. Uh, and the old parish piece we had asked me if I would uh, help with that. And I said, no idea what to do. What to do. I cannot keep control of kids. <laughs> think somebody else's kids. Uh, and I'd hate to do that. It would just drive me up the wall. So that, I think, yeah. would be something which would be terrible at. Okay. Also be rubbish at uh, nuclear physics, because <laughs> I know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be, yeah, that's no. Thanks, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, question 21. What is the weirdest talent that you have? Uh, I can play four notes on a saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> I got a saxophone for my Christmas a few years ago. One okay. day got me. It's uh, taken a wee while to, to get around to doing it, but I've managed to play, uh, I don't know if it's, it's what notes they are. <laughs> I've got C, 
maybe C, D, E, F or something, or A, B, C, D, I forget. Anyway, I can play the first four notes. Okay. Uh, Do they combine so to make not, any... I suppose if there were a tune only four notes in it. Sorry? I was just saying, can you, can you use those four notes to, to play an actual tune, or is it just those four? I haven't tried that yet. I've just played them in a row. <laughs> 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 which is pretty weird in itself but uh, one day uh, I should be practicing more during this lockdown but I've been practicing the piano a bit more during the lockdown right uh, when, uh, when and, and what, do you let, did you do grades with your piano or how advanced are you at the piano no I didn't I kept uh, stopping doing it because the first time I did it was at primary school it was on a Friday at five o'clock and all my pals are playing football on Friday and I had to go and music lesson. Yeah. Uh, you know, my sister was there at the same time as me. Uh, and I saw me, her name was Miss McConkie, I remember, just <laughs> across the road from the primary school. And then I went to Corsica when I was 14 for a, a month. They say in a colony de vacances, but dad sent me over there to learn French mm-hmm. a bit better. And uh, so I spoke nothing but French. And while I was there, I thought, I quite fancy learning the piano again. So I went back and I did a wee bit more for a while. And right. then I chucked that. And then just a couple of years ago, I said, you know, I'll go back for another few lessons. And I went to a place in Irvine. Mm-hmm. And then I chucked that as well. And decided yeah. just to go myself. Yeah. So I've never stuck at it, really, which is a bit of a shame. Because my I, father was a trip. I pianist. Yeah, I was going to say, I played, um, I got to live to grade, I think I passed my grade seven. Um, but yeah. I was never naturally gifted. I think if you're naturally gifted, no. you sit down and play, then it's it's okay. But if it's a bit of a struggle, yeah. here's my here's my piano. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you get that from eBay? Oh, I'm still Lindsay. No, bought it in a shop. I just thought it's <laughs> Lindsay. It's one of Lindsay's favourite movies. Yeah, how to train your dragon. Oh, of course, right, yeah. I should have got you to give it a blast on the piano. Uh, I'd rather he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we've got to, almost to the end of the quiz, uh, Lord Matthews. Um, so the last question is, what have you enjoyed most about lockdown? I think it's the opportunity to spend more time at home with my wife and, and the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, catching up with old uh, box sets and things like that because uh, I, I normally come home at night and fall asleep in the telly so I don't get much chance to watch things like that uh, walking the dogs has not been uh, easy uh, when I'm working because I'm leaving home quite early getting home and basically knackered yeah. uh, uh, so this is quite nice to be able to do it at a reasonable time we take them down to a, a field not far from here, which is enclosed, and it's got wee jumps and things like that. So they've enjoyed that. Uh, getting out in the fresh air is nice for them and for us. So it's nice to have uh, this maybe a taster of what life will be like uh, during retirement. I don't know. Uh, we've been working quite hard uh, at home, getting things done like painting and getting the garden done. And I've managed to keep up uh, with what's happening in the legal world with uh, the internet and and doing a lot of 75A applications and SIFTs and that kind of thing. Yeah. So the work is still being on, still doing the jury yeah. manual uh, updates and this kind of thing. So it's not been uh, just all play, but yeah. a lot of work to be done. So yeah. it's quite nice to do yeah. it in one time though, uh, rather than traipsing into court. And it's nice to avoid 
uh, all the sex crime that we've had as well. Because I know it's very serious and it's got to be done, but it does get wearing yeah. doing the same kind of thing over and over yeah. again. Uh, you know, it's, it's depressing having to do all of that sometimes. Yeah. So it's nice to get a wee break just from being in court. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. But I'm looking forward to going back yeah. and getting on with it. Because uh, I've only got about three and a half years to go, then I'll have to retire. So uh, be careful what you wish for. I know, but this is giving you a nice taste for it. Yes, I think it has. Yeah. Yeah. Albeit, as I say, there's still quite a lot of work to be done. But yeah. it's nice to know that I'm I'm at home and uh, uh, I don't have to go anywhere, yeah. which is nice. It's much more relaxing. And I don't have to put on the gear, the, the wing <laughs> collars and all that stuff. <laughs> get up too early either. Yeah, I, there's no danger of that. <laughs> uh, we're back in harness now though back to see to PHs so yeah. it looks as though but this is coming towards an end yeah. of this uh, basic lockdown absolutely anyway, uh, which is good news for us all though I think it's time to yes it is good news uh, you can't spend your life doing this no terrible I know I know it there comes a time when you think you know this is no way to live yeah absolutely well, Lord okay. Matthews, thank you so much. Um, you've been so interesting. I've really enjoyed uh, asking you the questions and I'd certainly enjoyed your answers. Um, and That's my pleasure. I, uh, it's been really good. Thank you. Um, before I let you go, if I could ask you to nominate someone else to take the quiz. Yes, I'm going to nominate uh, temporary judge Sheriff John Morris, QC. Uh, my friend, uh, John was one of those uh, Crown Office the same time as me, along with Lady Dorian and uh, Lord Penrose mm-hmm. and Lord Brackadale. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, John, who are the next one to undergo the grilling? All right. Well, thank you very much for that. He's already expressed a willingness to do it, so he shouldn't. Oh, that's any great. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you. You're welcome. For your time. Thank you. At all. Thanks very much, Edith. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hey Legal Quiz. We are releasing more episodes weekly, so please sign up for free to Hey Legal on our website to access our free content, legal updates, and more. Plus, follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and on all podcasting platforms. 